Do you ever feel like it's tough for you in your business or maybe tough for you and your team to be swift in changes or to pick up or try new things like you have that like old dog, new trick mentality where it's really challenging or you watch other teams or other companies or other small businesses or other entrepreneurs or influencers or whomever, you watch them test a new product or pitch a new idea like it's always been a part of the plan. But whenever you look at what's ahead, you feel like there's really no space for quick new changes or like you don't have the agility or the ability to do it. That's what we're talking about today, the permission and the necessity to be agile in your business and as the leader, how you get buy-in from the people who are behind it with you, everyone from your team members to your potential clients, customers, prospects, and so on. So instead of everything you do, feeling like it needs a long runway and a lot of resources or like it's a slog in the mud, let's talk about how it could look with more agility in your business. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. So before we jump in, I wanted to share that, first of all, this is something that I have definitely struggled with in my business. There have been times where I've literally felt like, why is everyone else so quick to make moves and to test things and to not overthink things when I'm over here with my giant whiteboard mapping out a six-month strategy that feels like it's going to take a ton of my resources and my time? It's going to require more team. Do we have to hire someone to do that? Do we need a new system to make that opt-in or that that offer operate correctly? Oh my gosh, well, we need customer service. And I start thinking of all the ripple effects of doing the thing. So to me, I've identified over years of experiencing that myself and working with a lot of my clients and my mastermind members who also experience that pain and that disconnect of like, why is it so seemingly easy for some people to just go? And for me, it feels so tough. I've identified that those primarily stem from leadership deficits, which we all have, which is why I created the show, which is why I have my programs. So I'm going to talk first about some of the leadership struggles that can totally prevent and get in the way of being agile. And there are areas that we can work on and at the very least become more conscious of. So when they creep up, we can get them in check and still pursue the things that are on our hearts and the things that we can create and do that are going to move us forward, move us closer to our vision, help us be more profitable, help us support our teams, help us make the impact that we want to make and help us in turn show up in a bigger way for our families. All right, the first deficit that you might experience, might not even be aware of, 
is just not wanting to rock the boat. Like things are actually going fine, right? The the offers you have are doing okay and your clients are content and your team's good, but <laughs> good is the enemy of great. And I think sometimes when you have that feeling, oh, I don't know, I just don't want to like make things tougher for the team or I don't want to make things tougher on me right now. I'm in a good season. Things feel pretty easy. That's a major red flag for there's a gap in your leadership because leaders are always seeing the possibility and the potential. They're not weighing whether or not they're going to do the right thing based on what's easier or what's harder. So that not wanting to rock the boat, the fear of kind of dipping your toes into something new, the possibility of it not going well, like all those things, that's the first piece is identifying, man, is that holding me back? Right in line with that is the fear of the unknown, right? The fear of failure. We constantly are assessing and weighing whether or not (laughs) this is going to be something that we want to take on and we want to tackle. And then all of a sudden flooding us as fast as you can imagine are all the fears and the doubts of we don't know how this is going to play out. We could test this thing. We could do this thing. We could try this thing. We could write the book. We could get on the stage. We could whatever. And it could totally fall apart or it could not produce for us. Or what happens if we have our team put their time and energy and resources into this and it doesn't produce and now we don't have the profit to continue to pay the team? We can spiral. We can catastrophize. But that fear of the unknown and then specifically the fear of failure, which leads into the next one I'll talk about in a second, again, are opportunities for growth. Because you have to give yourself permission to be a successful leader, to be a successful, a truly wholesome, successful business owner, to go into the unknown. I remember hearing John Maxwell speak live at a conference, and he talked about how when you're in the car, in the dark, and you're driving, you can only see as far as your headlights take you, but you keep driving. You literally are driving completely into the unknown. You have maybe... 20, 25 feet or more, a little bit more of visual as to what you do know. And everything beyond that could be anything. It could be a cliff. It could be a deer that you're about to hit. It could be whatever danger or possibility that your mind could potentially come up with. But you keep going because as you inch forward, more of the path is revealed. And your next bit is revealed. It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in leadership. You have to have the courage to continually go forward to build that momentum and to trust that your headlights are going to expose what's right on the other side of the light. And the only way that you're going to see what's on the other side of the light is to continue to inch forward. So letting go of that fear of the unknown and just accepting it as part of the journey can really alleviate a lot of the the pain and the pressure and the fear that comes with being agile, taking new leaps, doing new things. At the same time, we talk about playing it safe. Listen, generally speaking, entrepreneurship, it's not really for the risk adverse, okay? So if you have this immense fear of taking risks, if you're super play-by-the-book, play-it-safe kind of person, I would imagine that a lot of aspects of entrepreneurship are quite torturous and tumultuous for you because it goes completely against your nature. It goes against what makes you feel most comfortable. But there are a lot of elements of both leadership and entrepreneurship that are taking risks, boldly taking risks, 
going, like we said, into that uncharted territory and knowing that with a risk comes the possibility of failure, comes the possibility of mistakes, of people seeing you fail, all the things that can hurt our next leadership deficit, which is allowing your ego to drive the train. So when your ego is in the driver's seat, the ego can be an important thing, right? We The ego gets a bad rap. It's not all bad. It can serve a purpose. But at the same time, it can also totally slow us down because that perfectionism in us and the ego of like, I don't want anyone to see me fail or I have to always appear like I've got it together and like I'm a leader and like I know what I'm doing so I can't test and trial new things or go into the unknown because I run a really high risk of people seeing that I'm not perfect. That's the ego. That is a major, major, major opportunity for leadership growth because a leader cannot continually, they're human, so sometimes the ego tries to drive, but they cannot continually allow the ego to be the one to make the decisions. And oftentimes that's why we're not agile. That's why we're not taking the risk is because the pain or the thought in anticipation of the pain that could come with a public failure or trying something and seeing, you know, having your team question whether or not you're a good leader because it didn't go the way you planned. All of that is a, you know, high possibility when you're taking new leaps and ventures that could be a little bit scary. So tell your ego, they're not even welcome in the passenger seat, they're backseat, and they're not going to be a backseat driver. They're there to serve their purpose when it's necessary, but they are not in control. Another reason that it might be hard for you to just go, to experience, to create, to test, is that are you still trying to do it all yourself? I'd be really overwhelmed testing something new too if I didn't know that I had a team of people that were not just in my corner, that were not just receiving a paycheck and you know getting the work done, but they're behind the mission and they want to test and trial new things. They want to innovate with me because they know that that's what will impact. They know it's what will impact the company and they know that it's what will impact the people that we're seeking to impact, our clients and our customers and our the people that we serve. So if you're still in a stage of doing it all yourself, again, that's a little bit of ego, right? Like, oh, I can do it better, or I'll just get it done, or I don't want to train someone. Don't lean into the laziness that comes. It sounds like you're a, you know, a boss, like, oh, I can do it all. You're lazy. You don't want to train someone new, and you have an ego. You don't want to trust that someone else can come in and support. So that growth, it's going to come from not just bringing the right people in, but then empowering them to do what they do well. Okay, next piece of the puzzle is being a totally reactionary thinker. This one sounds kind of, I don't know, in opposition of what we're talking about, being agile, just going, creating, testing, being off the cuff. But part of that comes from being a visionary thinker, being proactive, seeing how this one move today could get you closer to the long-term vision. If you're constantly in reactionary mode and you're just thinking about, I just have to do what's under my nose. I have way too many tasks that I have to work through in my project management system right now. I don't have the capacity to try something new. You're totally in, hey, whatever I can, just what I can see in my headlights is the only stuff I can touch. I can't touch anything beyond it. And that's a deficit that you need to work on because being a leader means being proactive in your thinking, looking years ahead, seeing how these moves and these changes and these tests 
could potentially build the momentum and at the very least give you the answers you need to get into your next level. And speaking of team, are you galvanizing them? Are you rallying them behind an idea or are you just throwing another task at them? Are you just like, hey, we're going to launch this thing. I want you to do it. And then you wonder why they're not fired up about it. Galvanizing is a leadership principle. It's a leadership skill that helps you to rally your team around an idea and a mission that gets them excited about the premise of testing something and giving them the permission and the empowerment to try and make mistakes. It's not, oh, this this thing that we're doing in an agile way, it's the end all be all. And if we screw this up, everyone's in big trouble. No, no, no. It's not that. It's, hey, we've got a mission ahead of us and we're inspired. And this is something that I think could really be a beautiful way that we serve our people or could be a really powerful and impressive way that we drive in more profit into the business right now in a season where we need it. It's okay. We're not going to get it right the first time. It's all cumulative. We're going to work together. We're going to try who's excited and bringing them into the fray, not just you being excited about and then telling them what to do, but bring them into the creation process of what's next. So all of these deficits, they're so common. They're not something to beat yourself up over. They're not something to dwell on. They're something to become aware of and identify when they pop up and then to do it differently, to do it better, to lean into leadership growth and be proactive, to allow your team to get excited about what's happening, to give them the space to make mistakes, to put your ego in the backseat, to stop fearing the unknown or fearing failure, to, to stop being someone who doesn't want to rock the boat or doesn't want to change things that are good because you're seeking great. Don't play it safe. Take the risks and don't try to do it all yourself. We hear the word pivot a lot, right? Used in business because it's it's usually pretty necessary. It's it's rare that a business starts and then stays on the same path forever and has a good trajectory when doing that. But how do you become agile in business? Is that constantly pivoting? No. Pivoting is a different conversation. We've done a different episode on pivoting. This is a conversation about agility, flexibility. So how do you take that step forward without fully knowing where it's going to lead? Right? That's the scary piece. It might not be that full pivot. But it could be a shift or a thought or something that comes into your mind that you're like, this could serve. This could serve the mission. This could serve possibility. So instead of trying to run with your cement shoes on, it's time to kick those babies off, throw on some kicks that are nice and light, and be in forward momentum and always be looking for those opportunities to infuse possibility into the work you're doing. So I'm going to talk through five really simple ways to be more agile. And this all stems from us learning to do it in real time as a team. I'm the type that I struggle with a lot of those deficits that I mentioned to you. I have struggled with those over the years and there've been things I've been actively working on. But now as a team, we are way more quick to make a change when something isn't working, to test something new, to try something different when we see the possibility and the opportunity to do it. So if you've been with us for a while, We've been through pivots, which are a little bit bigger, you know, trying to turn the cruise ship, right? Like it's like, woo, we're redirecting, we're recalibrating. But then there's agility. I view agility as like you're in the speedboat and you got to like make a quick turn around a buoy. Like it's just being quick to make changes and to shift and maybe slightly change direction. But it's not this big turn that's overwhelming and scary. So in the last year, we were gearing up for quite a while for our 
Raising Luminaries Co-op, which is our place for what we call founder families, people who are entrepreneurs, who are passionate about their mission and business, but they're also raising leaders of their own. They have families and they want to bring those families together. They want to find success in business, but also success in their home. And we provide them the resources to do that. And with that, that was like a big pivot because I've been in the leadership and business space for a long time. And it was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm talking to families and kids. So that was different than just being agile. That was like a year long runway. And that was hiring more team. That was investing more money and time. That was a big shift. I'm not talking about that in today's episode those big shifts. I'm talking about the agility. So what we learned from that big shift and that launch, we started to get a lot of data and feedback from the people that were serving in the co-op. And we started to realize, man, there are some little tweaks or some little things that we could do to take advantage of this momentum and to serve our people better. So how do we want to do it? That's where the agility came in. So our team coming together, kind of off the cuff, unplanned, saying, hey, I know we didn't have this on the books, but I think if we created this particular workbook for them, it would help them get better results. Or if we launch this intensive, like or this workshop or this webinar, it would bring more people into our list that we could ultimately serve. Or we could take this and extract it and this could become a low ticket offer. So we've been playing with things like that and we have something absolutely incredible upcoming that has been birthed from our agility. Now, is it going to be a home run? Who friggin' knows? We haven't launched it yet. It's something that is not taking a ton of our time and energy. Like my tendency is like, okay, great. Let's build out the project plan for it. And who's doing what? And what's our, you know, three to six month runway? And how are we going to launch it? And it was like, no, we're not doing any of that fancy stuff. It's not about that. We're just going to put it out into the world. We're going to test it. We're going to see how it goes. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the most aesthetically beautiful thing that we've ever done. We're not going to bring in a professional film crew to film the videos for it. It's going to happen down in my barn office and it's going to happen quick because the impact of it can be profound both for the people we serve, but also for our team and our growth. So that's what spurred this episode. My director of operations, who is absolutely fabulous, was like, hey, I see an opportunity here. Let's take it. She goes on maternity leave at the time of this recording in like three weeks. So we have a three-week window to cultivate it, create it, record it, produce it, do the back end of it, and put it out into the world, and we're just freaking going. We're eliminating all the extra stuff. We're not taking the extra steps. We're not being fancy, but we know that this is something that at the bare bones, worst case scenario, is going to give us a lot of feedback and answers so that we can roll that into the next thing. And best case scenario, it's a massive success. So here are the five ways we've become more agile through this process of launching this awesome thing that you're going to want to keep an eye out for. I'll just give you a little hint. If you go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash clarity, we all want a little clarity, don't we? You can get your hands on it when it comes out. But in the meantime, let's talk about these five things. Number one is just being open to what's working and what's not in your business. Assess, but don't stress, okay? You gotta sit down and have the time. This is why I preach so frequently about white space in your business. You have to create the time and the white space to be able to look at stuff and not just be so nose to the grindstone in the moment, creating the things that are already on the calendar and be able to say, wait a minute, am I doing this with purpose? Like, is this actually getting us closer to where we wanna go or is it just habitual? Is it just autopilot? 
Are we just doing the things over and over and going through the motions? So assessing, and that means looking at your numbers, is this producing for us? Like sometimes we've had offers in the past where we're putting a lot of time, energy, resources, running ads to it. And it's like, wait a minute, we're losing money on this thing. Like what the hell are we doing? And then we got to be agile and be like, all right, what needs to be tweaked or do we need to can it? So that's the first piece is being open to what's working and what's not. Even at, like you can't be married to anything in your business aside from the mission, all right, and your values. In terms of offers, you have to look at reality. And I'm not saying every offer that's not producing gets thrown out, but what needs to be changed to make it better? The second piece of being agile is giving yourself the space, like I just talked about, to journal about those things and to think about those things and to talk to your team about those things and work on the vision. What simple tweaks or tests could get you closer to that vision, right? So do you need a profit bump in this season and you're just stressing out and you're like, oh my God, I got to sell more of this particular offer? Or is there another offer that could be easier to sell that you could bring to market that would help bridge that gap? Can you do an intensive with a couple of your clients that you upsell to? Can you pitch an old client on a new idea that you think would really serve them? Can you ask for some referrals? Can you double down on an offer that's working instead of trying to slog through an offer that's just a grind for you? And then leverage your team and your team's skills without having to do something with a super long runway and a million moving parts. So this is a piece of being agile is giving yourself the space to figure it out and then figure out man, what do we need in this season that could bridge the gap that isn't going to be super complicated? The third thing, and to me is the most important of all of them, is keeping your family mission and vision in mind before making any changes. So yeah, I could think of a lot of ways to make more money in the business. I could think of a lot of ways to launch offers where we'll see more success, but it would come at the sacrifice of what matters most to me. So it's not the right shift, right? So you have to ask ask yourself, will this shift take me out of integrity with my values? Will this take me out of integrity with how I promise to show up for my family in the season? Have I not even made those promises to my family and I need to go back to the drawing board on that, right? Will this take us away from our company mission? There are a lot of things that I could do based on my 10 plus years in business, but they don't align with the mission anymore. So they don't hold a spot like, yep, it could bring in another six figures in the next month into our business but it's totally out of alignment with where we're going. So even though it could infuse cash into the business, it's out of integrity for us. So you have to weigh that into the equation. The fourth thing is mapping out the steps needed to move forward and don't overcomplicate it. Schedule a meeting, plan it to be high energy and fun with your team and galvanize them, get them pumped, get them fired up, help them see the vision of why this shift and why this agility is going to be a benefit to them, to the team, and to the people you serve. So mapping out those steps, you could get so painfully granular that you're like, oh my God, this is going to take a year to do. This is going to take six months to do. How can you simplify? How can you make it something that isn't overcomplicated and that allows you to just go? And on that note, that's the fifth thing. Just freaking go. Just go. Just don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Test it. If it's in alignment, be agile, right? Make mistakes. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Be flexible. Learn as you go. Develop it on the fly. That's a huge, huge piece of being agile is having the courage to just go because answers come to those who take action. When you take action, it might not be perfect. So you tweak the messaging. So you tweak the offer a little bit. So you try something different. So you get agile again. That's all a part of leadership in the process. 
I hope this helps because if you're in a place where you're feeling stuck or stale or your team's feeling it, it might be time to bring some new life into the business, into the work that you do to work on some of those leadership deficits and to get more agile. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.